Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community, with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hi, this is Carl Polichuk. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Simon Severino, who is the founder and CEO of Strategy Sprints. He's also the host of The Strategy Show. He's an expert in business strategy, growth strategy, and execution. Welcome, sir. Hi, Carl. Great to be here. So where are you uh, coming to us from? I'm in Vienna, Austria, where we live in shelter right now. In the dark. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We're all stuck inside. Yeah, yeah. So uh, are you based in Vienna? I'm based in Vienna. We live here. I used to fly a lot. And uh, in, in the last years, I was able, because I have two kids that I really, I really uh, like being around. So I started to digitize more and more what I do so that I don't need to fly to my clients. Right. And I, I am really grateful that it gradually worked. Right. Well, Zoom is a big help. I use Zoom in my coaching because it allows me to see people. We know that we're both engaged and uh, it's really, it's been a great benefit. So, Absolutely. So Zoom was one key and the other one was building systems that run themselves and building a team that is much better than I am at doing the operation. <laughs> I just do boring stuff, the financial steering and all the boring CEO stuff. Right. Well, the, the funny thing is everybody's bored by something different. So uh, when, we, when we get rid of the boring stuff, we actually make ourselves more effective because we're only doing the stuff we actually care about. And then we have other people who do the other stuff. It's so true. And even the boring stuff, you know, I had two experiences with the boring stuff. First, the boring stuff turns out not to be boring at all. Like for me, the most boring thing was always the books, accountant work and the really PNL mm-hmm. and economic decisions. So I had to do it at one point when I started strategy sprints because the CEO is doing everything first year, right? So I was doing it and then I gradually discovered what many people knew. It's the art of taking decisions based on the data that really matters. Right. Currently, I really love it. I'm a little bit bored by it, but I see the art and the possibility in it. You know, I loved, I call it my equalizer. Where can I use some of these profits and reinvest in this one? Or should it be this one? Oh, can we test this against that for two weeks? Can we take that from there? I love it. Very cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what is Strategy Sprints and uh, how did you uh, come to create this? Yeah, so Strategy Sprints was founded three years ago. And at Strategy Sprints, we do only one thing, strategy in sprints. Strategy is all about revenue, the monthly revenue, making it more predictable, less volatile, more reliable. And sprints means doing it in fast, short cycles of work. So 
short project cycles that keep people motivated and gave them the chance to see their progress, to feel their results, which then again gives them more energy to do the next sprint. And we work in seven day sprints, so we always get results and feedback. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, Angry Birds, you do right. something and it says 500 <laughs> points. And, uh, and then you do something, it says 800 points. We love that. So um, when I think of sprints, I think of project management and agile, you know, service delivery and that kind of thing. Uh, is it kind of like that? We were inspired by that. And we were inspired by the design sprint that the Google people invented. You know, they had these portfolio companies and they wanted to make them grow really faster and uh, to ensure that they really thrive. In order to do that, they put together all the knowledge that was available and took the best tools from everywhere, put them together into this product level design sprint. That works really well for product development. We learned that, we, we did that, and, but then we really were missing the strategy part. So when you think of strategy, it was usually numbers and um, just linear thinking and a ton of data without the really important stuff. And it, it was just not satisfying for us. So we said, can we pick what works in product development and apply the principle to strategy? Is there possible to sprint with strategy teams? And, and that's what we invented. And three years ago, it really worked out. And since then, we do only strategy in sprints. So give us an example. Yeah. Of, of a strategy sprint that you've done with a client. Yeah, so the strategy sprint is 90-day consulting sequence, and it's broken down in three months. Every month has some deliverables, and it, they are all tailored, but a typical strategy sprint is for the CEO of a service-based business, B2B, in a high-ticket, high-margin environment. And what we do in 90 days is either double the revenue or make the processes better or double the sales conversion rate, which is what we're going to talk about today. Okay. That's the focus and uh, that's what we do. I'm doing this in 17 years, but since three years, it's really just this main product. It's one product, one offer, one price, one channel. And, um, yeah, so we simplified it so much that every week I can improve it. We measure, we measure the net promoter score and we measure as much as we can qualitative, quantitative feedback from our clients. So we learn every week and every week, and this was my desire to build something where every week you can pass by and water it like a little plant so it can grow, it can become better and better and better. Imagine right. you have a work and you pass every week, you make it better after a couple of years, it compounds, it becomes something beautiful. And that's, that's our main product, the strategy sprint. So when you think about these, these uh, measures, um, are these leading indicators or lagging indicators that you focus on? Both, always both, because that's, that's the angry bird part. It only works if you have something that are activities, metrics, what we call so stuff that you can do right now and measure right now. So seven calls, uh, out of that, two no-shows, five calls had number of revenue generated this week, 
but then also some long-term stuff like a number of keynotes that we had on conferences, etc. It's always a mix of both. Okay. And do you uh, suggest these or does the client come up with them? It's, it's a joint process. Client says what they want to achieve. We say what is realistic to achieve during given the circumstances and our experience. And then we find something that we both believe in and then we start rocking it. So um, what do clients need to do to engage with you? Do they have to have, uh, you know, like I don't coach people who don't have enough employees to be able to hand off work, <laughs> right? And delegate some of the chores uh, because we only do really, really big projects. So uh, when you talk about doubling somebody's revenue, um, do they need to be big enough to do that? Or do you work with one person shops or who, who do you work with? Yeah, so generally it's the CEO. It has to be the CEO. It has to be a service-based business with some digital elements and it needs to be B2B. These are the requirements. Sometimes we, we even work with very small companies, but they have growth potential. And, and we also work with the very big ones. All righty. Um, all right, so um, walk us through this. So how do you, how do you get started? Yeah, so today I put together for you all we can, all we can share with you about sales. So let's say you do a 90-day strategy sprint and it's about sales. Some things that you can start doing right now, we are talking to technicians right now. Mm -hmm. And first thing that they say is, well, but I'm not a salesperson. So I'd like to reframe this because that's actually an opportunity. If you are not a salesperson, you, are, you have much more credibility. I want to listen to a technician much more than to a salesperson talking to me because I, I expect precision and credibility. So actually turning that into a chance is the first thing now in these Corona times to have better sales conversion. And the next thing is many people say, yeah, but I don't like to sell. Right. And also this wonderful, perfect, uh, Try also to think as selling, as just telling. Selling is telling. It's really informing. And don't make it about you. It's not about you. It's about there is a problem. There is a need. I see both. I can bring them together. You know, if we are in the desert and we need water and there is some water, tell me about the water. I want to, I want to know it. It's not about us. It's about the problem and the solution coming together. And then sales starts really with the story. So it starts with marketing. Right. So with the, you know, back to the, you know, the, I guess the limiting beliefs of, I don't like sales and so forth. What about, this is a bad time to be doing sales, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pain, <laughs> and I'm going to come to you and say, you should give me some of your money. <laughs> that, this is absolutely true. So this is a bad time to doing sales, but it's let's let's differentiate so this is a great time to get attention and this is a very bad time to get a high conversion rate but both is true and uh, sales one part of sales is marketing and that's currently now perfect time for marketing and then building up the relationships the trust the brand reputation that you will need when these funky times are over and you can massively gain market shares because many of your competitors will not be here in a couple of months. 
And so. Yeah, and the market will be reshifting and nobody knows how and in which direction and how the reshuffling will happen. So that's when entrepreneurs really uh, start to get really awake and alive because that's now the opportunities. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a radio show this morning and they were talking about how crappy their home computers were and they had to work from home. And so they, they're like really frustrated because they have one computer. It's really old. They got a kid who's supposed to be taking classes and, you know, the teacher doesn't know how to <laughs> teach online. And the kid is trying to, you know, was very frustrated by this old computer and you know the parents have to share it and it to me it just sounded like there's a huge problem that needs to be solved and that's kind of what we do you know exactly and that's what entrepreneurs love there is a real need right now one thing maybe changed since the peter drucker times we always used to think as create the market create the need by by creating content or by creating solutions i think right now it's the opposite. There is enough need in the world. Just adapt your offer, your superpowers, whatever you have to give, just give it right now to the people who need it right now. Like that's why, that's why I said to you, let's talk sales because right now people need to rebuild their business. And, and that's why I will give away one of our best sales tools in, at the end of this. Because right now the need is there. Just reshape what you are doing just adapt it, but don't go out there and create fancy stuff. There is enough need for real stuff. And if you have something to contribute, now is the time. Right. So, so, so value always comes from the client's perspective. They look at you and say, I, I need something of value and you have it, <laughs> right? Uh, so what is the thing that we can offer of value besides I guess, a comfort in a, in a difficult time. Well, that's a very good start to hold the space for what is currently going on, right? So we have a mastermind right now. It's a free mastermind. We called it managing the current situation. It's just that. And we said, whoever wants, CEOs, whoever wants to, to have this space to talk about the impact that this situation has on your business, just come in we will work on that. We will share and try to learn and amplify together. So that's what we are doing. And what we are listening uh, to are situations of businesses absolutely breaking down and businesses really growing very fast, faster than they can, than they can really. And um, so one thing, how, how do you know if you are creating value? I would say, think of five problems that your current target avatar, we call it the avatar, but let's say the target group, the people you serve and that you care about, what are the main five problems that they have? And now start giving away whatever you have, content every day, every week about these five things. And then measure regularly. We like to do it every week to measure what really matters. And we, the data will tell us. They, they will tell, okay, they are consuming a lot of the sales topics and less of the productivity topics. All right, now we know what's needed. And then what we really find valuable, especially in these times, is simplify your business. Just do less of what you were used to do. And 
By doing less, I mean one need, one avatar, one offer, one price, one channel. Make your life easy. Pick just the best thing, the one thing that is producing most value. And right. again, that will tell you which so one it is. When you say avatar, you mean, for example, your, your ideal client, your, exactly. your target client. Exactly. We call it avatar because we like to really describe it in a precise way. We write five pages per avatar. So what, what are their dreams, their aspirations, their fears, their needs, their wants, their goals? So we really, like, like a, a small movie, we try to really understand that. Right. And because so, we want so to the really first part of telling your story is to say, who's the, who's the primary character? <laughs> right. Okay. Who do we serve? Who are we here to serve? Right. Very good. Okay, uh, so so how do we move from trying to figure out? Okay, so we've got we've got a simplified market. Uh, we have a, a really strong target and avatar. Uh, how do we get get from there to marketing? Yeah, so in between we have the CRM system. Again, something that many people say, oh, but that's boring. Yeah, maybe, but it's really impactful. And 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 one thing, if you can do just one thing this week, is follow up. So if you have a CRM system, go there, go to your clients of last year and two years ago who were happy working with you and just call them, hey, how are you doing? That's the best thing in sales you can do this week. The second best thing is to call your warm and hot leads. How do you know who are warm and hot leads? Your CRM system will tell you if you have a proper one with some tagging going on which says, hey, this person read three articles on your website and then tried to call you. So that's a hot lead or a warm lead. This person downloaded two PDFs just this week. Well, that's a warm lead. And the next thing is build a system in there to know which leads are qualified leads. You said the ideal customer. So how many of these criteria are met? Because if you just talk to everybody who wants a call with you, you will waste their time and your time. Right. So take this seriously to have this criteria of must-haves and to say, okay, that's what you need to qualify to be your client. Because otherwise, we, we cannot bring the value that we want to bring you. You know, I've had people argue with me in the best of times that I don't understand their business because when they're starting out, they have to take every penny they can find and they have to talk to everybody and they have to do everything that anybody asks them to do. And I always tell them that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard because you can't serve everyone and you will kill your business trying to pick up pennies and leave dollars on the table. So in the, in the bad times, it's even harder to get those people to understand that they should be turning down business that's inappropriate. Uh, I still think it's critically important, but how do you get people to understand that they don't need every client who answers the phone? I, I understand both sides. So I'm also one of the advisors who say, really make the first list of the must-have criteria. And, you know, our, our system is, People call us after doing an audit. During that audit, there is five, six filtering moments. So they cannot even get to the first call. Then there is the first call. 
It's just 15 minutes and we just listen. And then we try to find out if they will ever get a second call. And then if there is the second call, then we, we, we qualify for each other. So we have a whole range of, of filters. And I, I heard the same thing at the beginning. Simon, if you do that, your, your, your business cannot grow as fast as you want it to grow. And I said, okay, let's see. Maybe you're right. There is the risk. But I think if we serve the right people, we can have more impact. And every single one of them will bring their friends. And that's what I'm, what I'm striving for. And it worked. Right. So um, do most of the people you work with have a CRM system? Or at least do they use the one they have? Or... A lot of people have them and it's a really big customer list and that's all. 90% of the people we work with have a CRM system, but the vast majority of them is just a list. It's not a dynamic system that tells you what to do and when to do it. Because sales is, is a timely game. There is a three days period, a 14 days period, and there is a 30 days period and whatever doesn't happen there is cold. And uh, you know, the cold leads, it basically it's over, it's over. And so it's about timing. And as you, can, as you, as you said, it's, re it's really important to take care of where do you put your attention and to put it on the right stuff. So you need a system that supports you and CRM can be this system that really tells you, hey, right now this is going on, this should happen. Right now, this should have priority over this. And that's the CRM system. We have a whole, a whole video and, and guides on how to set up the CRM system. People can get it on our website. At the end, it's very simple. It's just doing it every day and following up, doing the work of really curating it. But, and the next thing is that when you look at your sales process, most people cannot tell me what is their sales process from end to end. So the customer journey from awareness to nurturing, creating the relationship, creating the sales opportunities or bring them to 80% ready to buy, then having the closing conversation, then having a really good fulfillment where in the first 10 days of fulfillment, they have such a wow experience that then it really propels the work together to super results to much more than happy clients. I don't care about happy clients. I want successful clients. Right. And that happens in the very first beginning, if you get it right, you have to use the first 10 days and really design them. I think a lot about the first 10 days and try to improve them. And then, so this is fulfillment. But then from fulfillment, you need to move over to retainment. So upsell, cross-sell, and some continuity program, some form of, hey, stick around. Uh, you came for this, but stay for the community. Right. Like you are. Well, and most of my uh, listeners uh, run IT consultancies, and I hope they're all selling recurring revenue programs, right? So uh, with luck, what people are signing up for is that long-term experience. Um, but the onboarding, the first, like you said, the first job, the first 10 days is extremely important because... If you give a client such a positive experience that they say, 
they, they almost have a gratitude of, I'm really glad I made the right decision because I was hope you know, I've hired the wrong guy before. <laughs> I've hired really bad IT consultants. Um, and so, you know, having a positive experience goes a long, long ways. Absolutely. And so having a recurring thing is a great idea to stabilize the revenue streams, to not have that volatility that is really awful to have. Even So we, we start with that, but even better than that, so we try to bring our clients to even have everything paid up front and to have cycles of 90 days work. Because when you pay up front 90 days, the psychological thing going on is you really jumped into, into the void, into risk. If you now can close that loop and say, yes, it was the best decision that I could do. It was the right thing. Right. Now, such a momentum, such a flow going on. I paid you three months and now I want results. So let's do this. That's the energy we want. And that's the energy that then the whole process needs to keep up during the 90 days. So we measure every seven days and every 30 days if it's still going uh, on that pace. And we try to keep the pace up. And usually after 90 days, people, they book immediately the next 90 days. Right. So with the, the strategy sprints, uh, let's say somebody's sold, they're onboarding, you know, you've, you've got the first project going. Uh, what's, the, what's the next strategy piece that you attack? And I know that the program's very complicated, but, you know, just what's, what's the, the next thing that people should be, I guess, aware that's going to happen? You know, it's, it's not even that complicated. It becomes simpler and simpler every year that I work with people. My, our thing becomes simpler but powerful. It's really absolutely simple. So we believe in the scientific method. We say nobody knows the markets. We have to find out the market right now. In your context, you just have to measure. So we try to break down the work. First, we always solve one bottleneck after the other. That's why we have success week after week. We never try to have 17 projects going on. One breakthrough in the current main bottleneck. Now, if people don't know what's the current bottleneck, that's what I built for your audience and we will give it away for free. It's usually $800, but it's for free. And they can grab it at strategysprints.com slash sales. It's a 15 minutes exercise. You just go through some questions and then you know your current bottleneck. So All right. So we'll, we'll put a link to that. Uh, it's strategysprints.com slash sales. And we'll put a link in the show notes. Very nice. Thank you for that. Um, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure that we were super clear because some people only listen and they don't read the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So you do that exercise, you know your current bottleneck, and let's say it's fulfillment or it's sales opportunity. And, and now the sprint is all about this. So for seven days, we will build something that is as small as possible, but that can create five, six, seven parallel experiments that you send out, like very small speedboats, you send out, you measure, you come back. And it's just a prototype. And uh, it can be a, a $300 Facebook ad about one video where the video is describing your offering. Your, your offer is not even completely built, but you find out if there is enough traction. 
for example. So it can be something very small, but you send more of them out, you come back with data, and then you take your decision based on the data. One bottleneck after the other. And when you build that funnel, you know each conversion rate every week. That means if your funnel is, okay, awareness is in that channel and then there is nurturing, sales opportunity, closing, fulfillment, retainment, we help you measure each conversion rate every week. So once a week, you have your sales meeting and you know exactly how many impressions were there, what is the cost for 1,000 depression, the CPM, how many calls were scheduled with us, how many were no-shows, so how many calls were completed, what's the closing rate of this week, how much revenue did we generate this week, what's the NPS, the Net Promoter Score, what's the LTV, the lifetime value of a client, and what's the LTW, the lifetime worth of a client. It's the client plus his three friends he will sell, he will right. send to it if he's not only happy, but really successful. Alrighty. Well, we're almost out of time, but it strikes me that now we're measuring lots of things and doing lots of things. Is this super time consuming, right? For all those people that started out by saying, I hate sales. <laughs> Absolutely not. You, you know, we're sprinters. So we like to have, we have families, we have sports. We like to have a great balanced life. And the whole idea of Sprint is do less, but do the thing that matter. And if you find the thing that matter, you can, you can do much less activities and much less hour per day, but you will have impact. And that's what it's all about. The people you care about, the people you serve, they move forward in their goals. That's everything you need. If you do that couple hours a day, that's enough to lead a global business. So, we, we have a global business, 34 sprinters doing their magic out there. But today I was running, I was playing three hours with my kids. I will have time with my wife after it and have a nice dinner. So there, it, it, it's all about balance. And if you find your focus, a sprint is the opposite of time consuming. It's really focusing on the few things that matter. And when you get them right, then you automate them. You start the next one. That's how you can scale. Very good. All righty. Well, thank you, Simon Severino, for your time. I appreciate it. And I know that uh, in Austria, you're uh, about eight hours ahead of me, so <laughs> nine hours ahead of me, maybe. So uh, thank you for staying up uh, into the evening to uh, do this recording. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Carl. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And you have been listening to the SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.